rolling. Check. Yeah, we didn't do that before. Hold on, talk a little bit the teeth. Check. Can you hear me, listeners? I'm licking the mic. Don't do that. That's a new mic, man. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, you're good. Okay. You're good. All right, everyone. Welcome back yet again to Filmcraft. Yeah, I'm. I'm really close to the microphone right now because, I, while I was editing the, ep- I have, I edit every episode. Yep. And this has been happening for 48 episodes or something. I don't know where we're at right I now. I think this is 40. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for 40, I'm like really close to the mic. My lips are almost touching it. And I was like, you know, Matt's voice is a lot louder on the mic than mine. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking like, I listen to podcasts when I'm on the train and mm-hmm. stuff. And I'm like, if I'm on the train and it's loud mm-hmm. and then... Like, my voice is just kind of yelling in the back of the room. No one's going to hear what I'm saying. That's fair. I need to get closer to the mic so people can actually listen to me, so... It has been decreed. Yeah. It, I'd be annoyed if I were listening to my podcast. Mm. <laughs> I have no idea how many listeners you've lost us, Latif. Oh, yeah. Due I'm to sure. your proximity of the mic. Some dude is working out and he's like, I can't fucking hear this guy. <laughs> I'm done! Done! Just for you. Random workout guy. Jill. Jill. <laughs> Jill could be a name. Yeah, there's French dudes named Jill. There are also women named Jill. <laughs> there are many women named Jill. <laughs> All right, Latif, what are we talking about this week? We're talking about Picture Lock. Why are we talking about Picture Lock? Because we have Picture Lock on the film. Oh! Uh, kind of. Kind of. We're going to watch it one more time. For the most part, yeah. So, um... Yeah, we proposed this idea a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And we said, you know, let's wait until we're there. Yeah. And uh, we're there. And it's pretty... That was last week. Huh? That was last week. Two weeks ago. Last week, I didn't have a voice. Tell them what we did last week for editing the team. <laughs> oh, that was funny. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> he sent me a text like, hey, I lost my voice. <laughs> and I thought, that was just like, he's going to sound like this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he just didn't talk. Yeah, I didn't talk for four days. It was terrible. So he pulled out that like voice simulator. Yeah, we used the Stephen Hawking one at first. <laughs> and that one was awful. It was bad, yeah. And then they have better ones. So all we did was just like talk to each other. And I used it too. I could talk, but I was like, this is more fun. <laughs> we ended up on this uh, this one app, and it was Graham, and he was supposed to be British, but he sounded Australian. <laughs> She just kept saying stupid things. Yeah, after everything, like, oh, yeah, you fucking cunt. <laughs> What'd you think of that cut? It was great. <laughs> Crikey. There's someone in Australia like, fuck you guys. We actually do have a lot of Australian listeners. <laughs> we do love you guys. We just thought it was funny on the robotic British, I'm doing air quotes right now, British voice simulator. Yeah, the, the British voice sounded a lot more Australian. Yep. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, we're at Picture Lock for pretty much for a second feature, and we wanted to talk about just Picture Lock in general because I realized we didn't do cover Picture Lock for the Party Stories episodes. We have briefly touched on it, but we never actually made it an episode or anything. Yeah, and as per usual, Latif and I haven't really outlined this at all. We're just like, Picture Lock, yeah, cool, when we get Picture Lock, let's talk about Picture Lock. And before I was like, we should make bullet points, and then I just sat down and I'm like, screw that. Yeah, we just kind of didn't. So I figure we could start off just by like saying, "Here's what you you're looking out for when you're heading to Pitcherlock," or even better, like, 
say our listeners are out there, they're doing their first movie, how did the, how would they know when they're getting to a point where it's like, we're kind of done, you know? I think you kind of have that feeling, you know, that you don't really want to touch things anymore. Because mm-hmm. you kind of feel like, no, this is exactly how it should be. Yeah. And you're almost afraid to screw it up. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, no, no, that, that edit's perfect, or that scene is amazing. Don't ruin it, don't touch it, just move fast. Yeah. Probably. And when you kind of get that with a lot of it, you're kind of getting close to that. You know you want to just finish the film at that point. Yeah, definitely. Um, Because we're still tweaking things a little bit, but... Yeah, the tiniest bit. By the time you're near there, everything should be there. I I mean, like, everything. Mm -hmm. Because even for us, there are pieces we're missing, but we have placeholders. Yeah, let's talk about that real quick. Um, So by things we're missing, what we're talking about is we're missing, what, like, three things? Two of them are, what, one-second inserts? Yeah, there's there's a few inserts. Yeah. And then there's, like, one wide shot. Yeah. And just for the sake of, you know, spoiler-free, obviously, but for the sake of informing the audience, like, the immediate question that would come to my mind is, well, you're this close, you're at picture lock, why are you missing things? Mm-hmm. So the reason we're missing things are is... A, when we went to do reshoots, our lead actor shaved his head, and we have to wait for his hair to grow back. (laughs) So we can't pick up, like we have a shot with him that we can't pick up because he's bald. So we have to wait three months to shoot four seconds of footage. (laughs) But we've gotten a piece of stock footage that is kind of what we're trying to have there. Yeah, exactly. And the other reason... um, it's just we we have a shot it's the martini we have a shot in there it's just not quite perfect and it's just a close little insert so we're gonna go and just film it on saturday when we have some daylight and that's just making something a little bit better yeah i'm just gonna pick up uh, a quick pickup of like a a thing they talk about in the scene yeah again another what two seconds yeah very small shot yeah so like at this point when you're headed to picture lock what what you want to do is once you have picture lock, you can't change the timing of anything, right? Shift. Okay, well, you take it from here. You've been through a lot more picture locks than I have. I think at an independent film level, you should kind of follow these rules because you're not working with giant teams. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times it'll be one editor. You won't even have an assistant. And you'll mm-hmm. be dealing with like like maybe two three people at most that do the post sound work yep and every time you change something you have to send a new cut of the film to everyone yeah um and it it changes the timing of everything yeah and it gets particularly from what i can tell confusing for composers too because like their score has they've made it to flow in such a way where every second every millisecond really counts so if you're like hey man i'm just taking two seconds out of this scene then it's like the entire soul of that piece is thrown off and it's not just as simple as oh take two seconds just cut those two seconds out then it doesn't make any sense sonically right mm. I don't know I feel like we should get a composer on the podcast once one day because yeah. I I don't know if that's exactly true for everyone I know some people like to have a scene mm-hmm. and watch it okay and then they'll make the music based on like what they see and have it make them feel or whatever mm. but they don't time it exactly to the to the uh, length of the scene or anything. Okay. They'll make a piece of music and then they'll 
pass the music off to a music editor or something. Okay. And they fit it into that. So it'll, it might mess them. Like, it, it'll be different with different people, obviously. Mm-hmm. And depending on your budget and how many people you have. Yeah. But the more people you have, the more likely things will change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I know, like, in a lot of the big uh, blockbuster films, there isn't really a hard picture look. They'll be, like, mm-hmm. editing... And then they'll, they'll be having visual effects happen and color correction mm-hmm. and some sound stuff happening all simultaneously. Yeah, well, it's like uh, we always talk about, like, you got to picture anything in life, including artistic endeavors, as a triangle. It's You get two of three things. It's either quick, good, or cheap. Like, pick two. And in the case of what we're doing, it's got to be cheap. It's got to be good. So it ain't going to be quick. But when it's Hollywood, you know... They got money, so it doesn't need to be cheap. It can just be quick and good, yeah. and they can throw cash at the problems like that. When you're at our level, it uh, kind of doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the one thing I think you should consider. Like, when you picture lock, mm. you got to, like, be sure. Yeah. And not double back, because it will mess things up, you know, for a colorist, for a sound person, for mm. a composer. Um, I think, uh, as well, like even leading up to picture like you should have everything there not just in terms of shots but i think a good editor is someone who also adds um like sound effects and stuff in yeah yeah which we've done a lot of yeah because like uh, i think if you're working with an editor and they're like oh and you're like oh can we add a door thing there and they're like oh well the sound guy will do that it's like no you need to have cues mm-hmm. just need... something temp even it helps the people doing post sound a lot yeah um, when you have like kind of timing cues and you know if you throw a little reverb or do a little EQing on these sound effects and stuff like all you do to make it feel a little more like it would mm. is going to help you yeah um, totally it'll help you it'll help you feel like you have picture locked because you're like, yeah, this feels full. Yeah, it feels complete, right? But if there's a bunch of shit missing and you're like, yeah, picture lock, we'll fix it all there. It's like, no. Yeah, I think like you would also run the risk of just forgetting something too. Like even our movie, which doesn't have an insane amount of stuff in terms of like, you know, little noises or we got a couple animations and stuff like that. It doesn't have a ton, but it has a decent amount. And to make notes of all of those or mentally remember those... If you were going to pass them on to someone after picture lock, odds yeah. are you might forget one of those, and then you go to your screening, you're like, shit, you forgot one. But if you do it all in the editing, when you're doing what, like four, five, 75 cuts, like it's slowly going to fill in and become that world. Mm-hmm. And that's good. For picture lock, have as much as you can done. And, um, except color correction. Yeah. Well, even we did some very rough color just for like a couple scenes that. Yeah, I mean, that, what I mean by that is like you shouldn't bake anything in. Mm hmm. Like all this little like tweaks, because I'm going to be doing the color anyways. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it's not annoying. I just have it ready to go. But for the most part, you shouldn't bake in a look or anything unless you are you're going to be doing it. Yeah. But by the time you get to pitch shock, you should just kind of keep everything blank, remove any, like, effects or color color stuff you have on it, mm-hmm. and let who's whoever's going to deal with it kind of deal with it. Yeah, um, fair enough. If that's what you've negotiated, obviously. If you're going to hire a colorist, they'll, they'll want everything, 
like that. Actually, that, that's another part of Picture Hawk is preparing this thing for uh, delivery to these people. Okay. Well, so, again, you've got a lot of experience in that. So tell the listeners. Like when, like for example, when you deliver these, um, you know, feature projects to uh, each person, you'll have to have a hard drive. Mm-hmm. So you want to put all the stuff you need onto a drive and give it to each person. So for a colorist, you're going to have to have all the raw footage mm-hmm. on a separate hard drive that you can give to them. Because you can't just give them the editing hard drive because if mm-hmm. they need something, you could send it to them. But if you have to run back and forth, that's going to create a lot of time. Yeah. Um, put all the footage on there, put the uh, project file that will link to all the footage, like all these little technical things. Um, that I think, you know, it'll be different from job to job, but you'll have to have that for the sound person and do like a uh, AAF or an OMF to combine the audio to the actual like mm. cuts of the film. So and what's an OMF? They're just it's like a skeleton that gives you the line, um, the lineup of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and for for a color, she give him uh, an XML, um, and that will kind of line up with what the, the picture of the film is. And the and when you prepare your timeline for that, you want to flatten the timeline. So you don't want to have a bunch of shots layered on top of each other if they're not doing anything. So flatten your timeline to one track if you can, mm-hmm. unless you have like overlay effects or anything like that. But try to have one clean track of picture. And then uh, for audio, you want to have things kind of neat. So putting uh, all the channels together and not having like any weird random effects like hanging out where they shouldn't be is important um so you know little things like that um and your your workflow for delivering stuff is going to be different but i tend to have a pretty neat like project mm-hmm. folder anyways so when i deliver like a thing for picture like i make a new cut from the locked cut mm-hmm. and call that two color and then make one that's called two sound okay and then i'll export and then give it to them so it just that's just like my way of doing it it'll be different for other people but and what would you recommend like um listener says hey man just hired a bunch of post sound people would you just say like just ask them what they want or is it there's a very definitive this is the standard this is what you do uh i mean the things i've outlined pretty much Hmm. like all the audio files for the sound people and uh a file to link up but like for everyone you'll have to send them a low resolution um, time coded version of the whole movie because mm. they need that as a reference um, other than that it might change depending on what some people need or not but it should be kind of the same across the board um, it wouldn't really change that much unless uh, you've hired someone that's like incompetent <laughs> yeah fair enough send me the movie what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> what do you need to complete this oh uh, the, the movie what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious actually <laughs> you're doing sound on this right yeah yeah I want to hear it because it was okay so um, yeah I'm just going to back up real quick and where we said how do you know if you're getting towards picture lock? Like, you're totally right when scenes feel complete and you don't want to mess with them. Another way that, um, on my end, I felt both times that we've been getting closer is after every cut, you know, you watch it and you make notes. And I tend to make them, like, even by the frame, as you would know, like, cut half a second off this, add half a second to that. Yeah. And 
when you go through a cut and it just feels like the notes are less and less and less like the first rough cut probably have what like 10 pages of notes and then mm. this cut had a page and they're all very had five five what pages of notes in the first one well something like that yeah. but yeah it gets to a point where like i don't really have many notes like change half a second of this half a second of that and mm-hmm. i think we're pretty much there like it just starts to feel like it yeah yeah. That's that's a fair thing. I mean, I, I think if if you're making notes in in detail and stuff like that, that's a good way to go about it. Mm. But mm. like if I'm editing my own films, like I, like I'm not even making notes. But yeah. I, I understand if like because you don't need to make notes for yourself. No, no. Yeah, I have to make them for you, kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Latif. Talk to the listeners. I gotta take a whiz real quick. Yeah. Or you could just hit pause, or you could just cut. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to bring the microphone into the washroom because I feel like this is a great time to really get close to us as podcasters and get to know who we really are. And I think if you listen to the way Matt pees, it'll kind of give you insight onto who he is as a person. Um, yeah, so enjoy. question I did have um, since you've come at it from post in a lot of different angles like editor, post sound, colorist, you name it um, what are some of the worst things that could happen like we touched on someone says I've got picture lock here you go you start working they're like yep yeah, we're going to cut this scene like what are the worst kind of things that what are the big no-nos for that people shouldn't do I think like when you're treading the line is when you're changing frames of the movie. Like single frames? Uh, no, just like a- any amount. Mm-hmm. But you're not changing the length of the movie. Okay. Like you'll be, you'll be like, oh yeah, I'm just changing a couple frames here and there. Mm-hmm. But for example, if some movement or some action happens in those little frames that require sound. Yeah. Or um, it changes the... Or if, or if it's after color correction it changes the actual frames mm. you're going to have to get that fixed yeah. um, and you're going to have to send the whole film to this person again because you can't just be like I just changed a couple frames I'll just send them that shot because they need to actually input it into the program and make sure everything is like correct Yeah. it becomes a hassle because like every every time you need to adjust something it's not a, a, as simple as like that one thing needs to be fixed the whole film needs to be sent to them again um, and it becomes a very uh, long process and I, I'd say aside from that the thing to watch out for is like having like a, like a nuts like timeline where, what do you mean by that? you know like where things aren't like flattened and stuff like mm-hmm. if there are shots in the film that are on a different layer and you don't need them um, and for some reason it's like of, like visible because someone brought it into like I don't know like resolve the color correction program and one layer is on top of something and something imported strange and they're like oh I'll color this shot too and then they, you get the film back and you're like what the hell's that shot <laughs> like, no that's how I got the movie like clean things up so everything is as simple as possible yeah I think you want to be able to look at the timeline and look at your film and be like 
that looks very like organized mm -hmm. but if things are all over the place and there's just like disabled like video clips on the timeline but you're not using them but they're just there like stuff like that needs to be taken care of they're just like unnecessary stuff yeah trim the fat down like all the way to like nothing where you just have the meat of the film mm -hmm. don't like just leave things like hanging around and stuff um I think being like organized and clean with your project is probably the biggest thing okay yeah are there any now this very will make me know but are there any without getting specific in terms of people mm -hmm. horror stories that you would share with the fans uh, yeah for sure even even the feature I've, I've been working on for the last year mm -hmm. um I, I came on to do post and for the record this is not the Tifa nice feature no no <laughs> this is a, a different feature I was doing and and I'm not trying to be like this was an awful experience like the director's a nice guy mm -hmm. you know we've, we've become friends since and you know we go watch movies every now and then yeah. but in terms of just like how the project is looking before I came on to it it was nuts but even after I came on to it I was like there's not a lot I could do to like organize this okay there's like the film was on seven different hard drives. Okay, well, first off, like, how'd they come to you? What'd they say? Oh, the, we need you to do what? They, originally, I, I think I applied to do post-sound, mm -hmm. but then they saw my demo reel, I'm like, would you do color? And I was like, sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I came on to do a color correction on the film. And um, when I got the hard drives for the film, there's like seven hard drives, and I'm like, I can't attach this to my machine. Mm -hmm. I won't even be, uh, be able to see the whole film at once. So was there seven hard drives because they just shot on something that was so ridiculously huge that it it clogged up seven? Or was it just the editor didn't, like you say, trim the fat? No, it, it wasn't that. Because like you, all the raw footage is there and you need it mm -hmm. to be there. Um, so you can't really like not have the all the shots of the film. Mm -hmm. um, it's more like because uh, I shot a red camera and uh, I think just it's to have some foresight and be like we need bigger hard drives mm -hmm. so let's not get these like uh, 500 gigabyte hard drives and try to have the whole film on like 7 of them mm -hmm. it's like super stupid just get a 1 10 terabyte kind of thing get like 3 6 terabyte hard drives Okay. so you have 3 copies of the film uh, all the raw footage separate mm -hmm. and you can hand them off if you need to but you also have backup um, as opposed to having like a bunch of smaller hard drives because they're cheaper yeah um, would it even be cheaper at that point if you had to buy seven of them I mean you can get those small ones for like 50 bucks sometimes mm -hmm. so in like in the long run um, you'd lose money because you have to get bigger ones anyways mm -hmm. so no but in the short term, yes, they seem cheaper. And okay. They are. But you'll have to get the bigger ones anyways. Like, I had to get uh, uh, a machine with uh, a RAID configuration and put three hard drives in it. Yeah, that's what you have right over there. Yeah, that, and it cost about $400. Mm -hmm. And if they did that from the first place, they wouldn't have to have like seven extra hard drives yeah they could just have two for backup or yeah. something. and I think that's a, especially a good lesson on when you're doing like our micro budget stuff like yeah you're making a $5,000 movie if you're like let's stinge out on these hard drives and you buy seven 
$50 ones, that's $350. And then, you know, yeah. your editor or post sound guy or colorist comes up to you and says, you need this one. And you spend another 400 That's $750 out of your 5000 just on hard drives. And a lot of those aren't going to be good ones. You're going to get, like, mm-hmm. the cheap ones because yeah. that's what's available. They're slower. Some of them are, like, plastic cases and a bunch of bullshit. Like, make sure that's taken care of. Because if you lose that, it's over. It's yeah. all gone. You're done. Um, so don't cheap out on hard drives. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and I guess uh, the second half of that horror story, because I was nuts, I had spent two weeks transferring these files onto this big drive, because mm-hmm. I had to do it a drive at a time. Oh, yeah. And <coughs> a few of the drives were not formatted for Windows, mm-hmm. which I use. Um, um, and regardless of whether I was on Windows or Mac, the rest of them were on Windows format. <laughs> so I had to figure out how to get all of it onto one machine. Yeah. That's why it took so long, because some of the transfer speeds when I'm using, like, outside software took, like, forever. So that was a nightmare. But I got that all cleaned up. Mm. The whole film is on one drive. But then the next problem was when I opened the film and opened up the project, this, like, file structure and everything was nuts. Like, there's folders full of crap and a bunch of, like, extra things. And I had no idea what I was looking at. And that's one of those problems, because I came on to do color. Yeah. And I get to film. And I open up the folders and I'm like, what am I looking at? <laughs> what is this? I don't know where the film is. I don't know what cut I'm on. So basically, well, how long did it take you to clean that up? I had to sit down and look through every cut and be like, is this the movie? Mm-hmm. And at certain points, just to pinpoint that was the cut. Because there's like 14 different sequences and you don't know which one the real cut is. Yeah. Um, so it took a while. And then once I did, I had to rename them and... I, I didn't restructure the whole project because I didn't even know what everything was. So I made like little sections where I'm like, if I go to that section, that's where I know I need to look. Yeah. Um, so I kind of cleaned it up in that sense. But that was a huge annoyance and that could cause problems. Yeah, and I was going to say, a good lesson too is like, you, in that circumstance, someone hired someone and you spent, what, three weeks just three organizing weeks, and cleaning? Three weeks of just getting ready yeah like and it's not like you're like oh well it's only three weeks don't worry about paying me no no i was like i'm not gonna not get paid for three weeks yeah. of like all this shit exactly it's and it's not actual work and that's brutal work too no it's not it's not like the creative stuff where i'm like oh i get to choose the look but that's why it's brutal like it's yeah. the back breaking mind breaking like it's tedious stuff. stuff yeah because like i i because you, you came in when you were here when that other director came in yeah um, I, I just started working on another feature uh, doing post uh, color again mm-hmm. and the director came in and he just handed me one hard drive yeah um, and that's because beforehand I told him get one hard drive put all the raw footage put your this and that on it and nothing else just mm-hmm. have that and that's all I need yep he got that done he showed up he gave me the drive um, the only problem was it wasn't mounting on my machine, mm-hmm. so re- I, I reformatted the drive. Also, when you get a new hard drive, reformat it from scratch. Why? It's a new drive. Because like, you want to make sure that all the sectors in the drive are completely like fresh and there's no errors in them. Mm-hmm. And they don't do that from the factory. Like they put stuff on it and it's loaded with some text files. Like you don't really need that unless you're doing like the cloud backup stuff. But do a hard format. Not a quick format, like the one that takes long. Mm-hmm. Make sure the drive is completely like clean. 
and then use it. Never just take a drive, do a little format, and be like, it's good to go. Like, okay. I, I recommend doing that for every hard drive you get. Um, and when, what risk do they run if they don't do that? Uh, I mean, you, you don't really know what state the drive is in. Like, you bought it new. Mm-hmm. But some hard drives are, like, four years old. Yeah. And you buy it off Amazon, it's, and it's been sitting in, like, a warehouse. And you're like, it's in, it's in the plastic. <laughs> but, like, if you look at, like, um, uh, if you open the drive and look at the properties and... and you can actually see where, like, when a hard drive was like even put together. Yeah, totally. And it'll be like 2012, and you bought it now, and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> and then the year it just explodes or something. Like, I'm not saying that's like these are very like rare cases. Yeah. But you never want to take that chance, and these things don't take very long. So, you know, make sure that's like taken care of too. Um, it went from like horror stories to like format your drive. <laughs> Well, it's all education, man. It's all learning. Yeah. Yeah, someone's been cutting together their feature, their short, for a while. Like, we don't really have any other cuts, any other adjustments we can think of. What's the next step for I think this is when those, like, big decisions come mm-hmm. into play. Because there's probably scenes... There are probably scenes in the movie that you're, like, unsure of, or, like, oh, let's come back to this or anything like that mm-hmm. and in those cases like that's when you need to like buckle down and be like alright what are we going to do here mm-hmm. what direction and we had a lot of that in this film because we did a lot of messing with the story in editing which I thought was really cool where we changed things yeah like just kind of finding it a little bit yeah um, and every decision that we made ended up changing the movie in kind of a big way yeah um, in the way it was perceived and I think it was as a director you're going to want to like make sure you're making the right decision but as an editor I think this is where this is why I recommend you work with an editor mm-hmm. um, it's also good like uh, sorry to cut you off but yeah. one thing uh, that goes in tandem with what you were just saying that we did a lot in this movie was I don't think an idea ever came up and we were just like no it was like yeah let's try it like in, I think we tried every possible option of everything we could think of to really be like this and then what got filtered through and accepted really became like the best version of the movie you know and yeah like we didn't do too much of that for party stories no I we, we kept it pretty close to the script I think mm-hmm. just because there are so many so many people talking yeah it was difficult to really like lose something completely yeah because there's 11 people going in and out and everything kind of coincides with each other but in this movie you're following it's like a singular story more yeah a few people really so it doesn't hurt that much if you just take something out because like other stories like blend in with each other um I think this is like when when you need to have an editor who's not gonna be like apathetic at that point and just be like yeah 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 picture lock picture lock yeah they just wanna be the fucking done he'll really tell you like this is good good for your story that is bad kind of thing yeah cause even even today when we did picture lock I think me and Matt were just talking about a few scenes at the end there and, and, and I'm just like this is what I think and I'm just really trying to nail like mm-hmm. what I think and then Matt's also trying to get his point across but we've we're finding ways that 
it works for both of us. Yeah. And you're not always going to get that. Sometimes, sometimes, like, I'll make a point and Matt will be like, ah, fine, let's get rid of it. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> but other times, Matt will be pretty, like, adamant about, like, no, I really like this. And I'll, I'll be like, all right, what if we try this? Mm-hmm. And then we find something that, that we're both pretty happy with. Yeah. But you need to have that, like, that bit of fight all the way up until the very end because if you lock picture and there's like something in your head where you're like oh, I don't know if I really got eh. that like I don't ever want that yeah that sounds like a nightmare no I don't ever want that feeling where like we've picture locked and I'm still thinking about that one moment like well maybe we could have lost that or something like that yeah so, yeah. yeah I mean like I think as long as you've explored the options like I don't know a scene where say you were like let's cut it and I don't know if we have this in there but you're like, let's cut it. And I'm like, no, or we did, <laughs> backing off, a scene. Spoon. Spoon, that thing you use to dig. dig. <laughs> um, yeah, anything that was ever suggested, we didn't leave anything open in the sense that six months down the road we could look back and be like oh man we really should have explored that more like we've explored every nook and cranny of this movie and whether it comes to a point where like I really wanted a scene in or you and or vice versa you really wanted a scene in I didn't regardless of how it ended we've explored everything to the point where it's like we're pretty sure this is the best movie possible mm-hmm. so it doesn't feel like we left any stone unturned you know mm-hmm I think that's in in my eyes would be one of the ultimate goals before picture lock. Like, make sure you've tried everything, tried everything, thought of everything, and asked the movie what it wanted to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's a lot that can be learned from that, especially like tonally. Like, even in this, there was a couple jokes that were like, I think that's funny. Mm-hmm. but is it funny for this movie and is it doing anything good for this movie mm-hmm. and um, the scene that I or the sorry the joke I laughed the hardest at during the rough assembly was one of the first things we cut because mm-hmm. it was like this just you know I think it's hilarious but it's not doing what we needed to do and that's not serving the movie and if it's making if it's not making the movie better then Let's get rid lose of it. it right yeah. yeah I feel like those last moments before you lock picture are the are the times where it's easiest to just be like eh, eh yeah give him and you're because you're pretty wiped at that point too sure. right yeah I mean we've been at this for a while yeah just editing what like six months yeah yeah but mind you like for the listeners we're doing this like in the evenings after yeah. our, our normal jobs and stuff so you know it, it's tiring mm-hmm. and the time and our time isn't like super abundant but after grinding through it like we're close we're very close to like being like alright let's move on to the next yeah um, I think we're gonna watch the movie one more time um, film those couple inserts and that'll be that yeah um, but you gotta fight for every little thing until the end of the movie mm-hmm. um, one other thing I'd like to touch on for Picture Lock is uh, in this movie I think it's a really good example in this movie people text every now and then Mm -hmm. and we've decided to show that on screen Mm -hmm. as we're not filming a phone we're just like putting it in the text in in post Mm -hmm. so one thing i asked you even today was like if we lock picture now do we have to have the 
final, final versions of those, call it text animations done? Mm -hmm. Or can we lock, the sound editor can go do her thing, Mm -hmm. and we can still work on these animations? And what it really ended up coming down to, correct me if I'm wrong here, is are we going to hear the click of every time someone types, or are we just going to hear like a notification, you have a new call or message, right? Yeah. And we decided we don't want to hear the click of every time someone types. Yeah. So because of that, we can keep doing the animations as Sound Editor goes and does her thing because it won't impact her work at all. No, no. Like so the timing of our text overlays now are very rough. Yeah, but, but they, they're precise. But they're going to guide the, uh, our, our Sound Editor, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Hi, Charlotte. Charlotte's awesome. Yeah, she is awesome. Um, Are there any other examples you can think of like that, where it's you have picture lock, but it's not done, like VFX, that kind of stuff? And it's okay. You have picture lock, it's not done, and it's okay. Yeah, like for VFX, I think that's cool. Like, if you have previous stuff in there. Mm Mm-hmm. Or if it's just a black screen and it says visual effect of flying man, mm-hmm. um, that's cool. As long as you've timed it where like this is enough time for it, because like you're not gonna have visual effects done like while you're editing a lot of times. Yeah. You might have like a rough thing. Mm-hmm. So if you can't get the rough visual effect in there just so f- for timings uh, purposes, but if you can't leave enough space where you're confident that that will be the right length. Yeah. Um, for picture long. Because, mm-hmm. like, if you're doing visual effects, you'll have to... Actually, that's another thing. If you're doing visual effects, you, you'll you probably get them after a lock, your locked cut. Mm-hmm. And then when you get the visual effects, you'll have to send that to the sound person. Yep, and definitely. Update it so they can match, like, um, the sound of the visual effect. So, like, that's another thing to keep in mind. Um, if you're able to get your uh, visual effect artist going just before the sound person it might actually be a benefit for you yeah totally um, yeah other than that I think that covers most of yeah I mean all the technical stuff that's kind of important but you can learn that easily I think it's those little things about like really asking yourself if this needs to be in the film and having those little like back and forths about like every scene mm-hmm not not letting that feeling in you that is kind of like eh. but we're so close it's right there yeah just lock it'll be fine yeah and and never leaving anything unturned like you want to make sure you've checked everything before you finish because yeah. you'll watch the film and then the scene will happen and you'll be like ah, damn it could have been a little better yeah um one thing I wanted to touch on real quick, it's kind of pre-picture lock, but since we're talking about leaving no stone unturned, I wanted to talk about how often... Let's do it from my perspective. <laughs> so how often did I come to you and say, Latif, here's an idea I have. I don't know if it's going to work, but let's try it. And then it didn't work. When it didn't work, what's the process of saying that's probably not the best idea? You know what I mean? Um, I think you've got to have the kind of relationship with your director at that point as well, where you're, mm-hmm. where you, he knows that you're just saying what you think, 
Mm-hmm. Um, You're looking out for the movie? Yeah. I. What's weird is, like, throughout our editing process, I don't think at any point have we ever said anything that was, like... I don't know. It feels weird. Like, all the conversations we've had about the film have been completely about the film. Like, there's been mm-hmm. no headbutting because of, like ego or no one got offended no not once like yeah which is awesome (laughs) i mean for the most part i I, i'm doing a lot of the like giving you like what do you think about this Mm -hmm. you'll throw an idea at me and then i'll try something yeah but like if an idea isn't working it'll i'll just tell you like what i think yeah i'm never like afraid to tell you no that's good too you have to have that relationship with the director yeah obviously it's not going to happen with everyone we've been working together for a long time yeah for some people, you might just work with a director, and you'll kind of be treading and be like, "Well, you know, yeah. sure." Like you, you can't be like that when it comes to like this kind of work. Yeah, you know what? Uh, just real quick, we should do an episode on that. Like how to, not right now, but one day we should do an episode not on right now, <laughs> on how to figure out if someone's j- just telling you what you want to hear or if they're being honest with you. I, I've done it. D- those are two things. Which ones? I've done I've done the I'm just telling you what you want to hear is that because you think if you give your honest opinion it'll just end up in like a scrap and someone will get like ego hurt no I, that was like it's earlier in my career and I mm-hmm. just want to make sure that I'm able to even be on the project okay so I'll just kind of be like a yes man and be like he'll be like how about the witch visual effect and I'm like that's a dumb visual effect but I'll be like mm-hmm. yeah yeah the witch the witch <laughs> Put it in. Love that one. Loved it. Loved the witch. But like, I don't mean the movie. I mean the uh, whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like I, I've done that early, but even as of lately, in the past like year and a half, mm-hmm. with everyone I've been working with, I've been pretty like damn honest about everything, yeah. and it feels way better. <laughs> it really does, eh? Oh yeah. Like. And like having said that, it's not a. I'm gonna be honest. And if his idea is shit, I'm going to be like, listen, you fucking idiot. Your idea is shit. Like, you, you still be nice about it. No, like, <laughs> and you are. I think that's the thing that people get screwed up. Yeah. You might, an idea might happen and you might see it and you might feel like, oh, I hate this or that's dumb or, or that's like shitty. That's like the initial like thing that goes off in your head. Mm-hmm. But that's not how you articulate it to someone. Yeah. Because you're not telling them what the problem is. Yeah. You're just expressing how you feel. You want to do the opposite of what an actor does at that moment. You don't want to be emotional. <laughs> you want to be, want to be precise and, and be very literal. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if a scene isn't working and and the director is like, what would you, th- you think? And you're like, it's fucking balls. Like... <laughs> There's no way he's going to take that well. <laughs> but if you're like, I feel like that doesn't work because, like, he, like, looks down here and it and it feels like he saw, like, a worm or something. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel like he's sad. It feels like he saw something on the ground. And you can articulate that. But if you're like, he looks like an idiot here. <laughs> like, that's not going to help anyone. So, like, learn how to communicate with the director you're working with in a way yeah. that, like, is clear. We've, like, we've never had that, unless it was a joke. Yeah, yeah, we joke about that all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we make jokes about everything while we're editing, but when it comes to, like, if there's an actual thing... Yeah, just talk like, about, just it. Talk about it. Yeah. 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 All right, so, wrapping up Picture Lock, 
there any other piece of advice or anything you think we missed that the listeners would benefit from knowing? You gotta fight for the things that you think are important, I think. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest one. I think you gotta challenge everything up until the end because it's a tug of it's a tug of war at the end where like you you're trying to get like what you think is gonna work the best but mm-hmm. obviously someone might have a different opinion and it might not be like that big a, of a difference but you're kind of going on your gut feeling and what you yeah. think and your instincts but also kind of your taste is gonna lend to it yeah um, but you know even in the end of this one like I think that was clear like there isn't a huge difference in the kind of endings that we we're both talking about yeah it was like even today we talked about what tiny things it was the look on one guy's face for like two seconds yeah there was one take where he looked a little happier and another take where he looked a little more ambiguous and we talked about that for a good 40 minutes at yeah, least we just kept watching it and, and, and my argument I don't think it spoils anything but my argument is if he looks a little sadder mm-hmm. it's just stronger yeah but if that little grin comes across to anyone I think you lose some of that impact yeah and that's all we talked about and I was like trying to like fight for like how do we make this work and it ended up like this one part that I went crazy about but if you change something slightly about it it actually worked a lot better yeah made that choice and like this kind of satisfies everything yeah ironically so like really fighting for those things because I I think the style that we work together specifically is kind of interesting too well that's like uh, the other day so I guess the second last session we had we had watched the full movie the day before that and then I came in with my notes and we went through everything and not well a decent chunk of my notes were like just you know add a little half second on this half second before that just a little bit more breathing room and then we did all that and I was like so what do you think and you were like honestly man I was going to take away a little bit of stuff yeah complete opposite set of notes masters let's add a few moments here and mine was like let's take all these moments away (laughs) yeah but then like we did that and what, I watched the movie you watched the movie again yesterday too yeah. and then I came back and I was like so Latifi remember this one scene where um, I said we should all this stuff yeah you were totally right we should take away all that stuff <laughs> but mind you I think like I've just become like I've, I have editor brain because I've, I've done so much like on different projects that like mm. my mind is working in a way where I'm like I just want everything to be so clean yeah I start trimming things that don't feel right to me mm-hmm. but they're so minuscule yeah but in the in, in like the overall picture I feel like they do make like a, a difference just in terms of like the overall like just feel feel of the a scene mm-hmm. like the little little uh, seconds between like a word and stuff like that yeah um but yeah, I think that's another thing. Pay attention to details. Like, yeah. Really be picky about everything. That's really what it comes down to in the end. Yeah. Like, even today, we, uh, when we were putting that stop button on that scene. We talked about that for a good, long, like, 30 seconds. Yeah. It wasn't as simple as, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. And, like, it's just a freeze frame. It started off as, I don't know, call it 16 frames. And I was like, well, double that. Ah, it doesn't feel right. Double it again. Eh, double it again. Do we really need this? 
Okay, let's watch it with. Let's watch it without. Then let's cut it in half. Then let's triple it. <laughs> well, I think this is the important part because, like, you wanted to add that. Yeah. And then I, I put it in. Mm-hmm. But as soon as like I saw it I, in my head, automatically I was like, I don't think this is the best thing. Yeah. But you asked me after you got like what you thought was the right length. Mm-hmm. You're like, what do you think? I think that's the most important part. Yeah. Ask me what I thought. Mm-hmm. You didn't just like be like, let's do that, and then we're on to the next. Yeah. Great. Perfect. It's done. Stamp yeah. it. Yeah. Because yeah. I had a feeling, and then you're like, so what do you think? And mm-hmm. then I told you what I thought, and I was like, I don't think we need this. Yeah. I think it's stronger like this, and we had this talk about it again, and mm-hmm. it was like, I don't know, three seconds. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Which turned into <laughs> like a thirty-minute conversation, yeah. but it should be that long because it was an important little thing that. You know, yeah. we're having this discussion about does it make the ending better or worse? Yes. <laughs> These are the things that I think are, are going to happen at Picture Lock. Yeah. And I think they should. So that that's just like fight for everything at the end. There. Put everything under a microscope. Yeah. Don't. Uh, if you're, I think this is a good way for any directors to know if the editor they're, they're working with is the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like you'll be at the end and you'll be like, you can test him and be like, how does this scene feel emotionally? And if he's like, yeah, yeah, then he might not be the guy. You know it would be a good test, too? Like, do that a couple times, and if you notice, he's just like, yeah, yeah, it's great. Then next next time, get him to do something that you know is totally wrong. Mm-hmm. And then be like, what would you think? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's good. Be like, are you fucking with me? Are you lying to me? You just told me what I want to hear right now. <laughs> Granted... I like I do have a lot of stake in the project because like yeah been working so, on it since yeah, day one and, yeah so yeah. it's not like I don't I'm like like oh whatever let's just finish it mm-hmm. for some editors they might not have as much stake in it yeah but still you're the editor on the film yeah that's a huge job the huge sucks that's the editor's it's on fault. you <laughs> I'm gonna say that like if the editing sucks it's, it's the editor's fault yeah even if the director was like had bad taste you have to fight for this yeah <laughs> or you should quit well I was just gonna say is there any circumstance where you would tell an editor like hey man you should just you should quit this gig yeah if, if someone's like abusive <laughs> well yeah maybe barring something like that um you know you know business stuff if people are not paying you stuff like that yeah, yeah totally um if you completely disagree with working with someone, mm-hmm. you might you might gel with someone in an interview, but after like a few days, you, you're sitting with them and you're like, I cannot stand working with this person. Like your creative styles are just polar opposites? Um, it might not be that. Like if your creative styles are different, I think there's a way to find uh, a compromise. Mm-hmm. But I think if the way they work is literally like, diminishing the way you work Mm -hmm. like they're like let's do it this way and you're like i I can't work like that like i'm like i'll become a robot so it's like if they're they're basically using you because you know the commands it's like they don't want your input that's something that i feel like a lot of editors will go through Mm -hmm. like people will hire you because they think um they can tell you what to do Mm -hmm. and you will translate their thoughts in their in their brain into your fingers and you'll create the film <laughs> that is not what you should be doing as an editor and if you ever feel like that I honestly would recommend 
editing it yourself. Yeah, like ha- have some something to say. Have have a little bit of like fight at that moment. Mm-hmm. Like, not, I think that's a bad decision. Yeah, but this is why. Like, I mean, one of the best parts about editors, um, you always hear directors saying like the best part about an editor is you get a fresh set of eyes on it. Yeah, because you know you can become blind to stuff at a certain point and someone coming in and just saying like look man I know you've been working on this tirelessly like you wrote directed whatever and you love this scene but I'm telling you as like basically an audience member I've just watched this movie for the first time this scene doesn't make any fucking sense Mm -hmm. and here's why like that's really really valuable really valuable yeah you've got to be that second like voice there because mm-hmm. if you're just like mimicking what the director wants or acting or being in being someone who appeases like all his all his wants for the for the film like you're pointless like you mm-hmm. might as well be the mouse because yep. he's just controlling you to make the film you've got to have some some opinions and, and offer some value other than knowing how to use the editing program yep um because like you could be replaced easily if that was the case. Mm-hmm. I think you're there because you have an opinion. So as as an editor, show up and and bring something to the table. Yeah, um, totally. And challenge them early so they know. If you challenge them late, they'll be like, "The fuck? You've been holding out on me? Well, where's this coming from?" And yeah, you might, like take it the wrong way. But if you challenge them from day one, be like, "What? What? What? Wait, wait. Mm-hmm. Why do you want to do that? That might be a good way to start off." Yeah. But you know, navigate the waters and see what it's like. But yeah, for, for young editors, that I could see that being a problem. But it'll just take some time to get to that place where you feel comfortable. Yeah, you have the confidence. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. Let's uh, wrap up picture lock. Once Let's again, picture lock this podcast. <laughs> Let's sound lock. No, no, Is that a term? <laughs> sound lock. Yeah. No. 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 What do they call it when you're done sound? I think they call it sound done. <laughs> hey man, I'm I'm sound done. I'm sound done. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening guys. Um once again, this podcast brought to you by Pippa. It's Pippa.io, P I P P A dot IO. Podcast hosting service. Awesome, mm-hmm. cheap. Check it out. See you next week. I wonder how I sound on this episode because I kept leaning back and stuff. You're going to sound inconsistent and you're going to lose us more listeners. Whatever. Also, enjoy the beginning of the podcast. (laughs) Also, we love you, Australia. Crikey. (laughs) Coppoline.